Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Saga of Steve Rogers. My name is Tom and I'm glad to have you here. Uh, what you're about to hear is episode number 250. So first off, if this is your first foray down the rabbit hole, go back to sagaofsteverogers.com. That's the website. Click on the archive at the top right-hand corner and go back and listen to some of the older stuff. Um, I have been doing this for coming up on fuck, well, 250 episodes. Fuck, I don't know how, many, how long it's been. I don't remember when I started. But I just want to thank everybody that listens. If you're listening, I appreciate you. I need you. I love you. Share the wealth. Tell somebody to listen to the show. I love doing this. Hopefully you uh, love listening and you're not just listening so you can go, God, what a asshole this guy is. But if you are still, that's fine. Tell people I'm an asshole and they should listen to. I'm um, sharing the show. This is episode 250. This is uh, my friend Andrew Jones. So Andrew came in a long time ago and we talked about him being in the military. He blew off his finger uh, there's a picture. I'll put a link in the show notes to um, when he was on in the past. But um, really funny guy. He was really nervous when he came in the first time. And he's been asking me to come in again. And we were trying to find a hook he wanted to talk about. He's like, I want to talk about Norse mythology. I'm like, nobody gives a fuck. Thor was a good movie, but nobody cares. And I didn't really get his interest in Norse mythology. I know he's been growing out his hair. He's got a, He's rocking a ponytail and he's got a goatee or beard and I was like all right he's just trying to be somebody on the Viking show but found out it was a lot more than that so Andrew um, goes into his religion and his beliefs and it turned into a completely different podcast we were just just going to talk about you know what his post-military life was like what it was like coming out with the camaraderie and you know the bonding and the 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 brotherhood and connection that military gives you and what that's like in the real world not having that and it kind of went down a different tact so um i had a really good time now that i know this about andrew i can't wait to have him back after i do some research and know a little more about this religion of his but um without further ado the rodriguez report and then andrew jones part 1 Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Susu Studio. Patreon.com slash talk of Steve Rogers. Peace. Hello, and welcome to the Rodriguez Report. My name is Asbel Rodriguez. After eight weeks of Hong Kong street protests against the Chinese rule, the People's Republic is gathering police, soldiers, and street thugs. The message? If the protesters don't quit, a bloodbath is coming. The host of this fabulous podcast and I were working together in 1989. We must have had a television at work because I remember watching Tiananmen Square on TV and I remember how emotionally upset a fellow employee got. She was a champion for the little guy and later became a lawyer. She was horrified that the Chinese government was responsible for a massacre that left thousands of students and labor protesters dead and tens of thousands wounded. The Chinese Communist government was ruthless. If they suspected you of dissent, you simply disappeared. Family members or close friends of those that went against the government better get used to a peasant's life because they would never be allowed in government service and since the Communist government controlled the economy, 
they would never be allowed to prosper in private business. A meager existence was their fate, all because they were close to an individual who protested against the government. The Chinese government treated dissent like a cancer. They cut it out immediately. Like I said, they were ruthless. There was no social media in 89. We had television and print media, and they did the best they could at the time because the PRC, the People's Republic of China, was equally ruthless with the press. One reason that an exact death count cannot be established is that they expelled the foreign news people once the massacre had started. The local newspaper were basically part of the government, and they did as they were told. They were reported that it was sunny, the temperature was pleasant, and all was well. It was a horrible period in human rights history. Fast forward to 2019. I see the same thing coming in Hong Kong. The protesters have made their voices heard. The Chinese government has backed off on forced extradition to mainland China. I never would have believed that would be possible. Now the protesters are feeling bold and they are continuing to protest in hopes of more personal freedom from China. This is a mistake. They should have taken their win and let things cool down. Now the Chinese government does not have a choice. They cannot compromise any further and exist as they always have. If they don't crack down, their future plan of worldwide economic dominance will never happen. Unfortunately, the Chinese government doesn't seem to understand that they can't operate in the dark anymore. If they kill half a million people, which they would do without hesitation if it meant they could retain power, the carnage would be broadcast to every smartphone in the world. Nobody would conduct business with them, and it would take them the rest of this century for them to recover economically. If all that wasn't bad enough, they have to deal with the American government and the tariffs we are imposing on them and their economy. I've said this before, when people, or in this case governments, are pushed into a corner, they have no choice but to do something unfortunate in order to get out of the corner they were forced into. That's your Rodriguez report for the week. I mentioned before that the world was horrified at the Chinese government for the atrocities that they committed back in 1989. Well, 12 years later, in order to bring the Chinese into the world economy, the United States and Western Europe welcomed them into the WTO, the World Trade Organization. In order to get them to introduce democracy, freedom of the press, and basic human rights to their society. For a while, that strategy seemed to have worked. But now, with what apparently is happening in Hong Kong, it only seems that way. Hi, you're about to listen to a podcast that my stepdad works really hard on. If you're easily offended, you could do other things like listen to music, do yard work, or stare at the road on your way to work. However, if you like this, tell other people to listen. It's not that hard, people. I'm 14, and I get it. Come on, man.
Enjoy that box. That'll be the last <laughs> oh, box you'll ever get. I have to give Kent a box because I kind of hooked him up. I feel like the drug dealer that gets the person hooked on drugs and it's like. The tea drug dealer? Yeah, the tea drug dealer. It's like, hey, here you go. First box is free. Kent just comes up to your desk one day and he's all like shaking. And scratching. Like, hey, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Stuff, I man. need it. I need it. Come on, man. <laughs> help me out, man. Help a brother out, man. Oh, man, I can't help you out. I don't have any today, man. Come back tomorrow. Come on, man. What was that movie? Um, fuck, Boys in the Hood. Did you ever see Boys in the Hood? Uh, with uh, Ice Cube? Ice Cube and uh, Cuba uh, Gooding Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the crackhead comes <laughs> up to him when they're walking. And he's like, come on, man. I'll suck your dick for work. <laughs> he's like, Yo, anybody want to buy some McDonald's? He had a bag of McDonald's. He's like, man, get the fuck out of here. He's like, come on, man. I need a crack rock, man. I'll suck your dick for a crack rock. <laughs> he shot the guy. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck oh that'd be too much oh my god oh i don't want to have to shoot kent bell for a bag of tea <laughs> come that on was... man i'll just I'll, I'll get one more tea bag one come, more tea come, bag. Come, last one come on man i'll do a quality for you man <laughs> I'll, <do a> quality. <laughs> I'll fire somebody come on man come on man who you want to fire man i'll fire anybody i don't care if they're a top performer come on man i'll fire somebody for you man give me a tea bag <laughs> oh man that's too funny he's gonna hear this too because he's he listens every week oh so, is it recording right now no uh, i mean maybe i'd be like that's a weird intro <laughs> to your to your podcast <laughs> just come on man come on man i'll suck your dick for a tea bag man uh, greetings and <laughs> salutations and welcome to the saga of Steve Rogers. My name's Tom, and I'm glad to have you here, even though it may not seem like it. If you're here for the first time, you're like, what the fuck is this? What am I listening to? Just give it a chance. Keep sticking around. Uh, if you've been here before, you knew that that was just par for the course. It was just a little before the intro instead of after the intro. So uh, thanks for being here. If you uh, want to support the show for the cost of a hot dog at Costco, well, hot dog at Costco is a dollar fifty plus. Never eaten them. You've never eaten a Costco hot dog? No. Do you have a Costco membership? Uh, my roommates do. Do you not eat co- a hot dogs? No. Why? Well, I mean, I eat hot dogs, just not from Costco. You should get one of those Costco hot dogs. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a dollar fifty. It's you. I mean, you'll be able to finish it, but it's it's really too much hot dog. They're fucking huge. They're like that big around, and they're a foot long hot dog. And a soda for a dollar fifty. I need a hot dog then. Anyway, for the cost of a Costco hot dog and maybe the change from the two dollars, uh, you could support the show for a month. Two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five dollars, whatever you want to give. You want to give fifty cents? It'll let you give less than that. So support the podcast. Patreon.com slash Sog of Steve Rogers. If you don't want to support the podcast that way, that's fine. Even though it hurts my feelings to my core, but I'll take it. Just share the link. Tell people to listen to the show. You may not, a podcast may not be your thing, and you're like, fuck, people talking and droning on. It's just not my jam, but somebody in your life may love it. So share the link. Tell people about the show. I love doing it, and so the way the show grows, it's not like I have a whole bunch of advertising money. I barely have Cheeto and hot water money so to make hot tea. So uh, <laughs> share the link. Tell people. If you have a show idea, the email address is steve at sagostevrogers.com. The website, uh, if you're listening on 
Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, wherever the fuck you're listening. You can only hear so many shows, but if you want to go back into the archive, you want to hear what Andrew was on the first time, even though I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, you can go to sagaofsteverogers.com and then search top right-hand corner. There's a search link and then type in Andrew or Shotfinger or... I don't know what other keywords were used in the original one. I know Camel Spider was a thing. Camel Spider was actually the name of the episode. Yeah, because Camel Camel Spider. And it's fucking, it's really gnarly looking. You should check out the picture. I got the picture from him last time. And so is his thumb. He shot his thumb off. Not him. It was like, he was like, hey, watch this, guys. But close enough. It wasn't shot. It was sliced. Yeah. Yeah, we can retell that story a little bit because it grosses people out a little bit when I show them the picture. And my kids were like, that's the guy he's coming today. I was like, yeah, like, can, can I see where his thumb used to be? I was like, no, they put it back. What do you mean they put it back? I was like, well, it didn't slice off per se. It just, it was down to the bone and he passed out and then hit on the nurse and tried to hook up even though she was an officer and he wasn't. And it didn't work out. Shocking. Spoilers. But, uh, just didn't. <laughs> But they were like, I want to see it. I was like, there's not even really a scar, right? Oh, uh, there's a scar. I mean, <clears throat> is it gnarly scar or? Uh, oh, yeah, it's not, yeah. not gnarly. I, I, I would like a picture of the not bleeding one. So I could put like the bleeding one and the non-bleeding one. So you'll have to look at the picture on the wall like to get the same angle. And we'll put the pictures next to each other, like the before and the after. You could take the other thumb, so it'd be like before, during, and after. But even though, <laughs> even though only people that are listening will know that that's the other thumb, because I don't know if they'll figure out like, hey, wait, the fat part of the hand's on this side and then this side. But anyway, so so tell the quick story about the the thumb. Uh, yeah, I should have said. Sorry, are we using your full name? Yeah, we can. Yeah. So my guest today is Andrew Jones. He was on the show in the past. He was super nervous when he did it, but it was still a really fun interview. So I'll put a link in the show notes. You can go back and check it out. Uh, We talked about um, him being in the military, him almost losing his finger, hitting on the nurse, not the nurse, the doctor. Uh, Doctor. Doctor, the female doctor. See, my sexist hashtag me too bullshit made this person because she was a woman. Oh, she must have been a nurse because <laughs> women. But it was the doctor who Andrew hit on. Or maybe it was a guy. I'm not sure. He can tell us when he retells the story. But <laughs> and then we talked about Andrew's family growing up and dirt bike racing and uh parents divorced and yeah. living you lived with your dad? Mom. Huh. Oh, your brother was with your dad? No, my brother lived alone in North Carolina and then moved out here. And your dad lives here now? No, my dad lives in North Carolina. Oh, I I was trying to do this from memory. That's why I shouldn't do that from memory. So quickly, t- tell about the, the fingering story. <clears throat> so we're at uh, Camp Pendleton. Uh, you, were, you were in the military. Still in the Marine Corps. Uh, it was, I'd probably only been in the Marine Corps for a year at this point. I had just picked up Lance Corporal, so I got promoted that same day. What's the first rank? First rank is private. So you start off private. Then it goes private first class. Okay. Lance Corporal. Okay. Then it goes corporal. Okay. At that point, you're a non-commissioned officer. Okay. Um, And then sergeant, staff sergeant, gunnery sergeant, master sergeant, so on and so forth. Keep going. Uh, Master sergeant, uh, master gunnery sergeant. First sergeant, and then sergeant major, and then sergeant major of the Marine Corps. 
And that's the highest rank? Highest enlisted rank. Enlisted rank. Yeah. So to it, enlisted is if you don't come in as an officer. Right. So if if you are going into the military, you can go non-commissioned officer or you go into like what's the what's the uh, marine equivalent of like um fuck uh what's that famous military college that people go to West Point West Point yeah yeah West Point's uh mostly for the army right uh, the way the marine corps works is uh if you just straight up enlist at like a recruiting office right you go in private uh enlisted private or private first class there's some things you can do to get ahead uh but outside of that in order to become an officer you have to have a degree in anything. So you could have a degree in basket weaving, but yep. you go in as an officer. Yep. <clears throat> That's so, fucked up. So you get your degree and then you go to what's called uh, OCS or Officer, Can- officer Candidate School. So, yeah, Officer yeah, Candidate yeah. School. Okay. Uh, ours is actually partnered with the Navy at Quantico, Virginia. Okay. So they train both Marine and Navy officers. And then afterwards, if you pass it, you get commissioned. You can either go what's called airside, which is going to be flighting or uh, airplanes, helicopters, either being a pilot or being a mechanic for them. Okay. Then you have the ground side. Now, ground side, you can be like tank, infantry, admin, supply, the rest of... Everything that's not flying. Right. Okay. So, <clears throat> anyways, back to the story. <laughs> I was at... Um, just picked up Lance Corporal. We went to Camp Pendleton for rifle range to qualify, and I was down in the pits where we pull the targets. So there's shooters up above you, and they shoot down, and then you watch a berm. And so are they are they shooting handguns or rifles? Rifles. Okay. M16. Um, and you watch the berm. Do you also have to qualify in handguns? or? Uh, some MOSs do. Mine did not. Okay. You can qualify if it if the opportunity comes, but you don't necessarily have to. Okay. So, uh, you watch the berm for a shot, and once the shot comes in, you pull the target down. Well, uh, my hand was on the carriage next to my target, and a shot came in on their target, and the Marines did not see my hand there, and they ripped the target down. There's probably a big-ass sign that says, don't put your hand here, right? There may have been. Is Was there seriously? I yeah. was just... There's a sign like, don't keep your hand here. And you're like, I'm a Lance Corporal, bitch. Eat me. I'm putting my hand up. Right. And they ripped target down. My thumb uh, was hanging by a tendon. The bone broke, like it slashed through the bone also? Yeah. When the doctor looked at it, he said it looked like a grenade had blown. Uh, The civilian doctor said it looked like a grenade blew up in my thumb. But it sliced. I mean, it was a clean slice, right? So Uh, Yeah. Pretty clean. Yeah. And the bone... So describe where on your thumb it's the cut started and then where it went off. People can look at the picture. It'll be on com. but I want to. So it started on the side. Like the... right kind of near the tip. Like if you're yeah. looking at the your thumbnail, it's like the top left-hand corner of your thumbnail. Top right-hand top corner right of your thumbnail. Corner. Okay. Came down the side and then it came across uh, to the left and then down. Wow. Okay. So, like, top right-hand corner to middle left-hand corner? Like, I'd say uh, top left-hand corner to about... Uh, like, yeah, to the knuckle? Yep. And then straight down that side. And then it, that was it. It didn't go any farther than that. Just 
did it like was it at the knuckle above the knuckle below the knuckle below the knuckle so wow okay yeah and it just sliced right through the bone too like that quick yeah hold on that snap didn't come through hold on let me do it again it was damn it that quick i didn't even i didn't realize what had happened when it initially occurred uh the target came down and i felt something like push my hand and then we you sit on a catwalk and then the targets are right in front of the catwalk and then below it is just standard concrete i fell off the catwalk I was like, uh, and then I looked down at my hand. You fell off the catwalk, like it yeah. kind of pushed you, or did your body jump, or what do you think? Uh, no, I think it kind of like pulled me off. Yeah. Um, at that time, I I looked down at my thumb, and the catwalk's only like two, three feet high, so I landed on my feet, looked down at my thumb, and I was holding it in my left hand, and I just turned around and looked at, there's a staff sergeant on the target point with me at the time, mm-hmm. and I turned around and just look at him. And then he's like, all right, let's go to the center line. And so there's always a center point on the firing range where all the range personnel hang out at to make sure people aren't you know, getting shot or being stupid. Right. So we walked down there, and by the time they had me sit in a chair, and I was holding my thumb up above my head. <laughs> Try to stop like, the blood from flowing. And blood's like dripping down my head over my glasses because I was wearing sunglasses at the time all over me and then like i see the blood on my glasses and kind of like bring my start freaking out and then it was just like uh you passed out uh i didn't pass out i just went into like mini shock okay and then that's when they brought an ambulance and pumped me full of morphine took me to the the naval hospital where they stitched it back so at this time you were were you doing the reserves or were you yeah, I was reserves at this point. So this was a weekend. You were supposed to be there for two days. <laughs> two, three days, yeah. <laughs> two, three days, and then go back to work. <clears throat> yeah. But it uh, didn't work out that way. And then uh, my company commander came in afterwards, and he was like, hey, so like. Actually, first thing he said was, hey, uh, maybe you didn't see that sign. Don't put your fucking hand here. But how, how many people joked your ass for having your hand up? The there whole company. One? Everybody? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's posts on Facebook. Uh, I'll have to bring it up. We have like a company Please. Facebook page. Yeah. And someone had taken a picture of the sign and posted it to Facebook and then put too soon. Oof. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. You didn't say this last time. I was, I'm diving deeper. This is awesome. Yeah. I'll pull yeah. It up. I definitely need a picture of that. So my mother was actually in California at the time. Uh, she was visiting our aunt or her aunt. And my company commander came into the hospital room as I was getting stitched up. And he's like, hey, so, like, do you want me and first sergeant to call your mother and let her know what happened? And I'm like, no, you call her and she picks up the phone and you say this is uh, Major Hedger. Exactly. States Marine Corps. She's going to think I'm dead. She, she's going to go worst case scenario immediately. She's not going to go. Oh, he, he had his hand where it shouldn't have been. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's the story. <laughs> yep. I'll have to pull it up, though. Um, <laughs> it was really, really funny. So they sewed back the parts that were cut, but what about the bone? So do they, you have to have a splint on your finger? So uh, the Naval Hospital essentially uh, sewed it back, and then uh, there it is. <clears throat> do not operate without guards in place. And there's a picture... Of fingers being sliced off. 
by what looks like, I mean, it looks like a sword, but yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. And they tagged you in it. Yeah. They with tagged Andrew you. Jones. <laughs> that's awesome. I'll need you to send that to me. That would be awesome. All right. So, so the, the bone, yeah, the Naval hospital, they sew it back together. And when I come back, um, my unit sends me to a civilian doctor out in Sun City West. And at which point he's like, we'll just see if like the bone heals itself. We'll put you in a cast and see if it heals itself, which it didn't because it was in like a million pieces. So he's like, all right, we're going to have surgery and we're going to put it all back together and then insert a rod that we'll take out at a later date. So you have a, you had a rod in there. I had two rods. I had one that went through the top of my thumb and then one that went literally right down the center. And when they pulled it out, like just bone shivering, like pain all throughout. They didn't numb that shit up. Nope, they're just. This wasn't even a military doctor. I guess you'd been a military doctor being like, "Fuck you! You shouldn't have your thumb up there." <laughs> Pulling it out, like teach you a lesson. Right. This is the civilian doctor who's supposed to be like, you know, knows how to treat customers because you're a customer as a patient, basically. Essentially, yeah. But uh, he was like, "I don't give a shit." Pull that rod out. Right. Just whoop. Oh my god. Sucked. So the bone it didn't like slice the bone, it shattered it like it a bunch shattered of, it. So is your thumb shorter than the other? Is it like Um Actually now that you bring it up, maybe like a millimeter. A little or two. bit. Because the pieces that shattered, they weren't like, all right, let's put it back together like a jigsaw puzzle. They were like, all right, take all those little chunks out, throw those away. Solid piece back to solid piece. <laughs> like put it out and use them like super glue. Yeah, they're, they're like they got a glue stick, so it's purple. They can see when there's enough glue on it to put that little chip back in there. Like somebody trying to fix a coffee cup. No, <laughs> <laughs> when a handle breaks off a coffee cup and there's little tiny shards of ceramic, and you're like, nah, that's never gonna work again. That was your thumb. Yeah, and then I was in a cast for I'd say probably close to six to seven months. Damn. Um, Afterwards, I had to go to physical therapy for my thumb. So what did you do on the weekend? So how often do, were you going back for? At least once a month. Okay. And, and then, so as soon as you get back, they're like, oh, there you are, gimpy. Like it never stopped. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't, uh, essentially I couldn't do anything. So I was on light duty at the time. So Paperwork. Just paperwork, duty, guarding stuff, even though I have no, I mean, I guess I could club somebody with the but cast. But you, you couldn't. Like, are you right-handed? I am. So holding the thumb up, trying to get your finger in the trigger. Like, could you shoot still? Nope. Not at all? No. I. Uh, well, I shoot left-handed. So, yeah, I could. But just holding the rifle with my club hand would have been real hard. Because they had the cast the way it was, like, my thumb was just like this in the cast. So it was a whole hand cast and the thumb, like, up? Yeah, thumbs up and then like... Well, it had to be f- up or like to the side because it's got a stick in it, basically a metal rod. Yeah. Wow. That's the thumb did, story. Did they give you a nickname? Uh, Actually, yeah. Uh, They changed my... We had unofficial call signs we would use. <laughs> um, you, you no longer were Maverick or Goose. <laughs> so... <clears throat> my... So my... uh. Squad leader's uh, call sign was Humpty Dumpty because his last name was Hump. Okay. And mine became Thumbelina. What was yours before that? Um, Just a standard one. Like, uh, it was like Echo, Echo 2 uh, Juliet. Thumbelina. 
Well, we now have a title for that episode okay. today. <laughs> Echo whatever becomes Thumbelina. Okay. And that's just like a standard one. Um, like Echo 2 wrote Juliet. So it just means like E2 and then J. And they were calling you Juliet because... Because my last name is Jones and it starts with J. So ah. the military phonetic for J is Juliet. Yes. All right. Good times. Oh, yeah. Good times. And how long did it take for them to send you that picture? Like, was that almost right away? Or? Next day. Next day? If if even next day. And tell us about the doctor. Uh, she was real cute. I don't remember her name. Granted, I was high as a kite. High as a kite on morphine. Yeah. And she came in. She was giving... She was starting a sewing process back, and she'd give, like, anesthetic every now and then. And then I just got it in my head to, like, ask her out. I was like, so, like, afterwards, you, like, want to go grab a drink or whatever? I mean, I I can hold it with my right hand. I forget what I said. And she just stopped giving the local anesthetic and just started sewing it back. So that was a no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a no and, oh, okay, smartass. I'm going to teach you a different lesson. Right. But did you see her multiple times after that or was that like? No, it was just that one time. Mm, it would have been better if she had had to come back and you're like, so still no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily that wasn't the case. Wow. And so where were you working at the time, like your non-military job? I was uh, working security for G4S, and I was placed at Bank of, um, Bank of America. Yeah, you can that. say their bank name, not ours. Yeah. Yeah. Placed at Bank of America. Yeah. So armed security or unarmed? Unarmed. They, I initially tried to be armed security, and they told me, since my MOS in the military was not infantry, that I didn't qualify to be armed security. Hmm. Makes zero sense to me. Yeah. Everyone in the military is armed, right? Um, For the most part, yeah. I'd say probably 98% of the military is armed. And even if you don't carry, like if you're not armed, you still have to qualify to get, like to get through your basic, right? Even yeah. if your job doesn't require guns and. <clears throat> yeah. Because I think the Navy does training with, they qualify with like shotguns and rifles. We qualify with just uh, shotgun. We have to shoot a target three feet in front of you. Like we qualify with uh, uh, M4s or M16A4s. So rifles. The Army qualifies with rifles. I think the Air Force may qualify with rifles. I'm not sure. And then the Coast Guard. No one knows what they do. Well, is that, or are we talk, we're shitting on the Coast Guard? Is that what that was? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. What about people? So the CDC is technically considered part of the military, right? No. So the the only things that fall under the Department of Defense would be, uh, obviously, Marine Corps, Army, Navy, Coast Guard, um, Air Force, and now the United States Space Force. How come they qualify for SCRA benefits then? Let's see here. I think they may qualify under, I want to say they were part of the Homeland Security, but we'll see. Uh, Huh. 
That makes sense that they're part of Homeland Security. It doesn't really matter. I was just wondering if you knew. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I want to say they're under Department of Homeland Secu- Security or Department of Health. So how many years were you in the the Marines? Six years was my reserve time. So you were, how long was your basic? Three months, 13 weeks. And then right after that, you go to your MOS training and then? Combat training. Okay. So I spent probably, I was on a reduced schedule. So I want to say between 14 and 21 days at combat training. And then afterwards, you go to MOS school, which my MOS school. Um, you were a mailman, so it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> my my actual schooling, I would say, was probably a month or two months. What was your What was your MOS? Not the letters. Nobody knows what it is. Well, say it anyway, because it sounds all cool. Like, I was Charlie Foxtrot 17. What, what? So we had just numbers, so 1391, which okay. is a bulk fuel specialist. Essentially, we just set up giant fuel farms uh, and refueled helicopters and tanks and trucks and all sorts of stuff. So you were, you worked basically at Exxon. Yeah. I was a glorified gas attendant. Yeah. You're a gas pump. You know, the tank would just roll up and they're like, fill her up. And you would just sit there. Ching, 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 ching. Clean the windshield while you're waiting. <clears throat> well, I was yeah. a, I was a pump operator. So what I did was we had six, we had these pumps that could pump 600 gallons per minute. Jesus. So we would, uh, that that pump's sole purpose in life is to pull fuel from somewhere, whether it be uh, a tanker or a ship, and send it into our fuel cleaning system and then push it into our holding bags. Because we didn't have tanks. We used, like, these almost like a water bed, but just, like, hold, like, 50,000 gallons. And they're under the ground or they're just... Above the ground. Are they on something, like on a... They're just sitting on the ground. Mm-hmm. How do you move something that size? You would have to completely drain it and then roll it up. But I'm saying you can't pick. It's not like you can, if it was on a pallet, you could lift up the pallet with a pallet jack or something. How do you oh, so they would sit in coffins and then we would have uh, like a a tram come by and pick it up with forks and move it. Oh, okay. So it was in something that could be moved. And then if we really needed to move it, 10 guys would pick up the coffin move it where it had to go, dump the bag out, and we would roll But it. not you. You'd be like, oh, wait, guys, I'd love to help, but I got a busted thumb. You guys go ahead. And then later on in my career, once I become an NCO, I really didn't do much. I was just like, move that there. And they're like, okay. Sir, yes, sir. Yes, corporal. And you're like, yeah. So you, when you left, you were a corporal? I got out as a corporal. Okay. And how... Like you got it and then got out. It wasn't really close to when you. Yeah, it was about a, I'd say a year before I left the Marine Corps. I picked up corporal, which was a really long time. But since I was constantly broken, I didn't have the scores to pick up till about a year before I left. Explain constantly broken other than the thumb. What else? Um, Just I had problems with my shoulder and neck because of a rock climbing fall I took. Uh, so that sidelined me for a couple months. Um, just I had a fractured ankle that never healed properly. So if it got rolled, it, I was done. Uh, just other things like that, little things. 
but all not military related it was shit you did during your time. And well, then... the ankle was military related. How'd you do that? So in boot camp, we went on a hike, a six mile hike or something like that. I love how you did air quotes hike. Yeah, like we're... hiking is like oh, just come oh, on, stay real go, nice. Climb up these hills, but no, they're like. Put a, here's a 120 pound backpack. Put that on. Here's your rifle and flak jacket and everything. Let's march at like a four mile an hour speed. And so I was coming. We were going downhill and then up a hill, and I had rolled my ankle. And I was like, "Oh, that sucked." So I got back up and kept going, and then I rolled it again. Well, the weight of the pack and the way I rolled my ankle fractured it. And so I finished the hike out on a fractured ankle, did a couple more days of um, like running and stuff on it. And then that's finally when my ankle was like this big around. So I went to the little medical center they had and they took like, Hey, where's my doctor? And they're like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, where's my doctor? And where's Doc McHotty? I don't know what her name is. And it was fractured. So I spent a week on crutches and then my drill instructor was like, you can either continue with training or you can be dropped to the medical rehabilitation platoon. Injured reserve, like football. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to spend any more time here than I have to. So I'm gonna keep going. And so I just kept training on a partly fractured ankle. That seems, um, seems not, not the smartest choice. Probably not. You still have you have ankle problems now. Yeah, yeah, because of it. Mm-hmm. So all the tendons in my ankle are super unstable now. So it doesn't like a swift breeze comes in and my ankle pops and rolls and all. Like, yeah, I have that. I have a torn perineal tendon. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the perineal tendon? Runs yeah. down the Achilles and then up the side. So when it lifts your foot like this, for people at home, you can't see the motion I'm doing with my hand. But if you like try to flatten your foot out and then lift it back up to the way it normally sits, it's that's the perineal tendon that does that. Yeah, I tore the perineal tendon um, at work years ago at a Pizza Hut. We were stripping the ceiling the floors, and I had to go into the walk-in cooler to get dough to make a pizza for some money dude you want a drink that's like the 10th time you've coughed like that it might help your throat if you got like a a sure yeah i mean i'm not trying to tell you to drink but sure i'll take a water if you don't want a water you don't have to have a water but i'm just saying it's not that it's i'm getting like i for some reason i've just been coughing a lot lately is water gonna help or is it just no no? then i won't give you water i'll keep my water then no water for you okay I went into the walk-in cooler, and the walk-in cooler is usually stainless, like metal. And I went in there, and my foot still had the stripper, like spick and span, whatever shit on the bottom of my shoe. My foot went this way, and I felt like the terror. And I was like, oh, that's the most pain I've ever felt in my life. And then I had to have reconstructive surgery. I was out of work for almost a year. Ooh. You still ran on yours. Yeah. <laughs> Never said I was the smartest person in the world. No, and then I had when I had the surgery, I had a I had a boot I had to wear for like I don't know two months afterwards, not walking on it, no weight bearing at all. And then as soon as I took it off and I walked, it tore again. It tore right loose. And they're like, "Well, we could do the surgery again, but probably not going to work." And I'm like, "You know, if if I don't know who's a great athlete, if Larry Fitzgerald tears his perineal tendon, you all would fix that shit." 
and he'd be back on the field in two weeks. Why am I not able to walk? Like, oh, well, that's just what it is. Like, you don't get the Larry Fitzgerald surgery. Fuck yourself. I'm like, okay, I guess I fuck myself, though. Like, I, I, I'm not going to put my foot up here and do it, but if I do like this, if I just lift my foot up, you hurt. And it's like, yeah, the tendon just popping and pain and good times. So I, didn't, I don't even have a cool story about you. Like, oh, I was mountain climbing, and I was doing basic training, and I'm carrying a 150-pound pack and going uphill, and I got, like, oh, I was making fucking pizza. I tore mine making pizza. I got my old, my old Pizza Hut injury. Yeah, back in the day. Ever since I haven't been able to eat Pizza Hut. Somebody sent me a picture of a pizza box, and then <laughs> tagged me in it, LOL. Go to the walk-in, dumbass. Anyway, yeah, good times. Uh yeah. So, and any other injuries from your time in the military other than the ankle and the finger? Um, a thumb's technically not a finger, but yeah. No, not really. No. No. What was the thing with the shoulder? The shoulder. I took a a sixty foot rock climbing fall, and I ended up flipping upside down and bashing my neck and shoulder into the wall, and I had micro fractures in my C five, which ended up essentially shutting down the my left arm. Yeah, no, you don't mention that one. That one doesn't sound like anything. You fell off a 60-foot wall. So I, I was probably... It's was a, this like indoor rock climbing or was no, it outside? It was real outside. World? I was probably 90 feet in the air. I was uh, climbing a route with my friend. I was doing aid climbing, which is where you'll place a piece of gear into the wall and then attach a ladder to it. You can climb up the ladder and you just rinse and repeat the process. And uh, some of these placements are body placement only, meaning it'll only support your weight, nothing more at all. Well, I generated a little bit more force and it ripped the piece of protection out of the wall. I fell, ripped like two or th- I did what's called a zipper, which is as you fall, you're just consistently pulling pieces of gear out of the wall. And as I was falling about, I'd say, 20 feet down, I hit a ledge, which flipped hmm. me upside down. And then I continued to fall for about another 30 to 40 feet. And then the rope came taut and then slammed me back into the wall. Well, I, I guess it's better than the alternative, the rope not becoming taut and you hitting the ground. You Would you have, I, I don't, I'm 90, you were up 90 feet, you would have died. Uh. If you fell, you hit your spine. Probably, like yeah, because yeah. you said it turned you around. Like you were falling head neck first. Yep, that would have been it. Would have been a wrap. They would have called the military. Like, hey, can you call his mom? I know he's out of the military now, but <laughs> but yeah. So <clears throat> that was the thing. Uh, what would happen is, yeah, I had neck pain. It wasn't that bad because after the fall, I'm like, oh man, that sucked. But hey, I'm alive. Cool, whatever. Like. Let's get out of here. So we put all of our gear on and hiked out three miles Okay, back to the car. And then by the time we got back to the car, I'm like, something doesn't feel right. Like like my entire left side. <laughs> it's just. So what would happen is I could still grab things with my left hand. But if I tried to like exert force, I would lose grip in my left hand and not be able to actually grab anything. Um, the only way I truly found out something was like really, really, really wrong was I went to. Uh, I went to drill or back to the Marines for a weekend and I had a physical fitness test. Right. 
And part of that is you have to do pull-ups. And as I was doing the pull-ups, I start, I get about halfway on my first one and notice that my left side just won't pull anymore. And I'm like, um, that's not right. So I get a CT scan, uh, and a x-ray. And that's when they found all the micro fractures in my C5. And then I had physical therapy for that, which I fell in love with my physical therapist. She curved me real hard. She, I'm sorry. She curved me real hard. Explain that to the not cool people in the room. I mean, I totally get what you mean, but she just rejected me real hard. Like right away. Outright. I want to say outright right away. That seems to be a theme in your life, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So you, did you guys start dating or you went out? No, we were just flirting back and forth quite a bit. And then, uh, I didn't truly try until after I wasn't going to her anymore. Okay. Cause you know, it's unethical for a doctor to date her patient. She's not a doctor. She's a physical therapist. Never. And it's like, uh, it's like calling the oil change guy a mechanic. He's not a mechanic. He unscrews that bolt, and then gravity takes care of the oil, and then he puts it back on and tells the guy up on the top floor, fill it up, and then he goes to the next one. That's not a mechanic. So uh, <laughs> afterwards, I'd ask. Hold her on. Up. If you're a physical therapist and you heard that, I, I'm talking about everybody but you. You're you're totally a doctor, but everybody else, not so much. So afterwards, I uh, asked her out, and she was like, "No, you were a patient of mine. I don't date past or present patients at all." And I'm like, "All right, fine, whatever. You do you." So why was she flirting? I don't know. Maybe make me relax more i'm not sure it's like why do strippers flirt with you well no there's a reason the doctor your therapist you weren't tipping her out at the end of the day <laughs> you weren't she wasn't like throwing her leg up on the on the massage table and like asking you to put money in the g-string or or the the little garter belt i don't know no 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 she never did that no she never did that no then you didn't get the best therapist you could have got one that did both Anyway, I think, yeah, you might be confused about the difference between a stripper and a therapist. <laughs> that they did the same thing. I mean, they're both good for your, 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 your psyche and they make you feel like, you know, man, look at, look at the way these girls are treating me. It's because of your size of your wallet. <laughs> make you feel strippers better. anyway. Make you feel better. Yeah, they're both trying to make you feel better. One wants your money. The other one wants you to leave so they can get the guy in there, the other guy in there, and the other guy in there, and the other guy in there. Turn and burn. Anyway, so you you had physical therapy, but it's still. Oh, it's better now. Like, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, it's hundred percent. Really? Yeah, it just took a long time. I had to stop climbing, obviously, uh, for probably close to two years. Damn, that's a long time. Yeah, I just recently got back into it, and it's going good. I don't have pain in my neck anymore, but since then, I've obviously put on a little bit of weight, so. Gravity is not necessarily the nicest person to me right now. No. So who is the, do you go hiking by yourself or? Uh, no. So I climb mostly right now in a gym, a Phoenix rock gym, shameless plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I go Phoenix out there. Phoenixrockgym.com. I don't know what the website is. Say the website. I think it is phoenixrockgym.com or prg.com. Okay. Uh, but I climb there most days with just friends. Uh, just to get back into shape. 
very specific climbing shape you have to be in. And then once I'm there, I mostly will only climb outside. Okay. So the indoor is just to get you back where you need to be and then. Okay. Yeah. I work on technique and everything, but if you're really good climbing inside, doesn't mean you're good at climbing outside. Just two completely different worlds. Explain. So inside you can constantly see where you're going to next. And that makes sense. Like you're climbing up the red pins. You right. can always see the red, 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 red all the way to the top. Okay. And the thing about climbing in a gym is they consistently try to make it a certain grade or difficulty the right. whole way through. Well, outside isn't necessarily the same thing. Yeah, God didn't make that mountain that way. A, you can't necessarily see where you're going. You can't always see the holes, so you have to find them. But also the grades don't translate the same. So what's we rate everything from five zero to five fifteen D. I mean five fifteen D is the hardest. Five eight five nine is where most people can climb at. Just because something's rated five nine inside doesn't mean five nine outside is the same difficulty. Because you have what's called sandbagging. Okay. Where whoever originally set the route outside will say it's five nine based on their because they want to be like yeah I climbed five nine today no because it's to them it only feels like five nine okay but to someone else it could feel like five twelve so it's called being sandbagging like oh this is super easy it's probably like eh, five nine whatever when in actuality it's like five ten minus okay huh. So that's part of it. The other part is obviously routes outside are a lot higher than inside. Standard inside's probably thirty feet, and then outside will range anywhere from thirty. You fell from higher than thirty feet. So. Yeah, outside will range anywhere from thirty to three thousand. So, all right, I'm gonna pause this real quick. I'm trying to find a video. I want to show you. Hold on. Yep. All right, everybody, hold on. Yeah, I would say that. There are definitely certain parts of the scene that are realistic. Um, the part that isn't is the type of rock he's climbing on. I mean, no one free solos sandstone is what he's doing. But, hey, he's oh, there we go. Yeah, and no one would dino like that to another ledge when there's clearly holds above it. But, yeah, they're... Hold on. Right there. I would say that's... There have definitely been times where I've fallen and I've... Grabbed with, one but did you do that? I didn't do that. That's come on, dumb. hold on, wait. Come on, backwards iron cross, yeah. And how high up would you say he is? I don't know. He's probably above twelve hundred feet. You know why he does that? He's fucking Tom Cruise. But that's a move that I do all the time. Yeah, but not at 1,200 feet. Not at 1,200 feet high, no. With no rope. I may have to pay royalties now for that music <laughs> being played in the background. So what was that called where he was standing there facing out, hands on each side of the rock? So that would be a... Oh, that's really uh, loud now, yeah. all of a sudden. That'd be what's called a backwards iron cross. They shoot a missile with a pair of sunglasses in it. That's how badass this is. He's like, oh, I can't even take a vacation. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. This is Ethan Hunt. It's not technically Tom Cruise. 
I had those sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I bought them after this movie. They were ridiculously priced. Now, they didn't have a little earpiece and they didn't play movies. Chimera. All right, let me turn that shit off. But no, yeah, that. So the movie did is called a uh, backwards Iron Cross. So that's where essentially you're just completely stretched. Your arms are completely stretched out, holding on to two different holds. It's an Iron Cross. And what did you call the thing where he jumped from one rock to the other? It would be a double dino. Double dino. That sounds like something from a Power Ranger show. So dino is just short for dynamic movement. Usually it means like one, like you're essentially lunging yourself. And a dino is where one hand's staying on the wall as you're doing this lunge. A double dino is where both hands leave the wall. Uh, interesting thing is the, the actual rock climber they used to shoot those films, his name was John Becker. Uh, he was really... Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying Tom Cruise didn't do that? I'm saying exactly Tom Cruise didn't do that. Hold on. Everybody, this is not verified. We cannot verify. I believe that Tom Cruise, because of his Dianetics training and his belief in L. Ron Hubbard, is able to do that. Not Dianetics. Scientology. Scientology. Sorry, I almost fucked up his religion, and he would have been really unhappy. Um, His Scientology teachings and his... uh, Is that L. Ron Hubbard, too? I don't know anything about Scientology. His Scientology beliefs and his beliefs in the, the Thetans in his body, that's the the Tom Cruise version of midichlorians from the <laughs> Star Wars franchise. The amount of Thetans that he has in his body, Thetans, I think that's the pronunciation, allows him to do that. So I believe that was him, but you go ahead and tell what everybody, what you normal people believe that it wasn't Tom Cruise. Uh, so they used John Backer, who is a prominent free soloist uh, who came up in Yosemite. Um, to film a lot of those scenes. That's why a lot of the moves look real natural, like an actual rock climber did them. It's because they used that professional climber. And then a couple of years later, John Becker fell off a climb and died. Wow. Yep. So do you think, I mean, they looking at that, there's no way that they were free jumping from one rock to another that high up in the air. Oh, no. That That's... Uh, That'd be such a ludicrous move to do because that kind of movement on a rope, it only has like a, I'd say maybe a two to 10% success rate. So doing it without a rope is just not, Hmm. not worth it. But, but Tom Cruise did it. So yeah, Tom Cruise did it. That skews your two to 10%, like two to 10% for normal people. When you throw in that it's Tom Cruise, 99 to 100% chance of success because, right. you know, he had that powder on his fingers. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> he chalked up. so he, he, Yeah, he, he had really chalk on his it. hand, so he just grabbed it with, three, with four fingers because the thumb was just loose. And he, then, but then, because he caught it in the right spot, the music started playing in his pocket. Bing, 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 bing. Yes, that's, that wasn't playing before that. It was different music. Oh, okay. Yeah, as soon that's as he caught on the cliff, and then it's like, you hear that silence, the silence for a second, like, just the wind blowing, and he looks out, like, at nowhere and does that, like, coy, you know, like, I'm such a badass look. That was all Tom Cruise. You're just a hater. I'm going to stop part one there a little early. 
Um, we start down the different path shortly after this, so I'm going to stop now. Uh, thanks for listening. Everybody, go away. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever you celebrate. Um, thanks for being a part of the show. I love doing this. Share the wealth, tell a friend, rate and review, all the shit I always say that none of you guys do. Uh, Patreon.com slash Saga of Steve Rogers. It's where you can support the show for the cost of a taco, a hot dog at Costco, a soda in a vending machine. Um, give a little back. Say keep, uh, as Adam Carolla used to say, keep the wind in the sails of the pirate ship. I don't have a pirate ship. I have a closet. But keep the lights on in the closet here. Uh, thanks for listening. Go away. Susu Studio. Live long and prosper. Make better choices. Get better results. Uh, Happy New Year. I always call you guys fuckers, but you're not fuckers. You're awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye. Me and the man in black